Today on Locked On Red Wings, setting the record straight on Mo and Jake. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On NHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, Scotty, happy Friday, buddy. Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday. Uh, we were recording this early afternoon on Thursday, just so you guys know, in case any news breaks later in the day that we don't cover, there's your reason why we just both (laughs) had things to get to. So we are recording this early afternoon rather than in the evening, like we normally would. Um, but our conversation probably doesn't change that much regardless of any roster moves that could possibly happen. Um, the lead things off with Scotty, the Red Wings did practice today, uh, Thursday, that being for the first time in over a week. And when we talk a lot about this team's recent struggles, a lot of this team's recent struggles also have to do with just the, the injuries plus the schedule that they've been giving, uh, before the break, they had what three games in four days. They had like seven in 13 They were playing constantly and they were flying out same day and having to play the same day. Like even on when they would have days in between that day would be spent flying to their location. So they didn't have time to have a full fledged practice. And with the three day break, you are actually prohibited by the NHL from participating in club activities during it's like you're, you're basically mandated arrest. The fly or the flyers, the Leafs last year actually got in trouble for flying out on the 26th because they had a game the next day. Uh, so this is their first practice in over a week and it is much needed and hopefully it can help write the ship on what has been a really troublesome, uh, stretch of hockey for this Red Wings team. And some guys got back on the ice too, which is nice to see, uh, Petrie, Mata and Lion all participated full participants in practice. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, I know we talked a little bit before you had mentioned Valeno, what left early. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, there's still obviously some ways to go for that. But yeah, man, I, I think, I mean, obviously, right? Like practicing for the first time in, in that long can only uh, can only help given the, the recent struggles for the team. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nice, again, to see the people that are injured and whatnot and have been missing games uh, out there and full participants. That's, uh, that's, again, obviously a great sign given what's been happening. Yeah, they need the practice in the worst type of way, and it will be a huge. Yeah, it will be a plus to have you know guys like Petrie and Mata, and just just get the roster healthy. Not like any one of those guys is a huge like mover on the roster, but the health overall has been an issue recently, especially if Lion can get back because Lion, outside of the one game where he played poorly, has been yeah. really rock solid for the Red Wings in net, and they desperately need to fix the defense or uh, fix the goaltending rather. Not that he is the fix, but it's a step up in the right direction. He's- been objectively not even close to the best goalie on the team this year. Yeah. So. And as far as what we're going to talk about the rest of the show, guys, uh, one, we're going to kind of continue. I kind of ranted at the end of my episode after the wild game, talking about more insider and Jake Woolman. 
And I wanted to dive deeper into that in an actual discussion with Scotty rather than him just listening to me complain for five, six minutes straight. Uh, and then, of course, we put this off earlier in the week, but I want to do we want to do our Red Wings resolutions, our resolutions for the Red Wings, rather not our resolutions, but the ones we want to give. We're giving resolutions to the Red Wings in this episode. And then, of yes. course, this is what they should want. This is what they should want. <laughs> yes, because we know best, Scott. Yes, we know best. Uh, and then, of course, finishing it off with previewing the Predators, whatever time we have remaining. It can be quick. It could be five. It could be 10 minutes, depending on where we're at. Uh, Scotty, leading things off with. There has been a lot of conversation and spotlight, and deservedly so. Moritz Sider called a trophy winner, top prospect at the time. You know, he's not prospect anymore. Now, I think you could consider him a vet, right? Third year in the NHL. There's a lot at 22 years old. There is a lot of pressure and spotlight on Moritz Sider to be the number one defenseman. And when he and Jake Wallman, like anyone else on the team, is struggling, a lot of people start using words with Wallman Insider, the word number one, the number one word used, regression. And I don't think that is fair because Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman, while yes, have like in the game the other night, right, against Minnesota, they both had some pretty bad turnovers. Uh, there were a couple times where you wish you would have seen them back check a little harder. But overall, they are not the problem. And that is really what I want to get to in this episode. It's not necessarily defending their play as it is, but more so explaining why you're seeing what you're seeing and why this is they are not the problem on this team right now. I want to just set the record straight because they have been the only consistently, well, consistently consistent defenseman that this team has had all season long. Yeah, you know, I, I think I agree with everything you said. I, I think it's uh, there's a lot of intricacies that you pointed out yesterday that are super important for that discussion. And it, it's not to say that they are playing you it's know, not to, like yeah. perfect hockey and are immune to criticism. And uh, like we we talked, man, I forget who we played. It was probably about two weeks ago, and it was easily the worst game Wallman has had as a Red Wing. Um, and and we had a big conversation about that after that game. Like, this isn't to say that they are, are like the best pair in the NHL and they can do no wrong, but th there's a big difference between like while they're regressing, this is you know, they're they're I don't know, like I saw somebody said they were a liability in the defensive zone on the ice together, like that's preposterous, right like there's. There's a big difference between the, that extreme and the other extreme of, you know, like, no, these are still like the, the you know, bona fide, you know, top. Well, and on this team, they are the bona fide top guys still, I believe. But uh, I, I think that the, the truth lies somewhere in the middle there. And I think that looking at their deployment, like I said yesterday, was a super fascinating conversation to bring up just because uh, they have, I mean, literally been their backs are against the wall every time they're on the ice. Like literally, mm. that is literally the situation that, that they are uh, kind of thrown into on nearly every shift. Obviously sands the beyond the fly ones, which is uh, a, a large number as always, but it, it's, uh, it, it's really, it's really important, I guess is the word I'm going to keep using to bring up when, 
they're starting and who they're going up against is always a big thing and whatnot. And they are the best. So they're supposed to be lined up against the best. And when you look at other like top pairs in the league, like they're all going up against, you know, the, the best lines on their opponent. But uh, it's it is important to bring up context for those as well, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned one big word there, Scotty, deployment. And that is something we've brought up time and time again with these two teams. And we saw it in a vacuum against Minnesota Wild, right? They received the most defensive zone deployments at five each and the least offensive zone deployments with zero. Justin Hole and Simon Edmondson got the most offensive zone deployments, three each, did nothing with it. And Cider, and despite that, Cider and Jake, while leading the team in defensive zone shift starts, also had the best expected goals for percentage on the team. And I think yeah. yesterday I said 56% since then has updated to have J- Mort Sider himself at like 65% expected goals for percentage. Once the final tallies came in, like this guy is getting the hardest assignments, the worst zone shift starts and still has been the most productive defenseman on this team's roster on both ends of the ice. And now I have data to back it up. Yesterday I referenced data. Today I have the data to show you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, this would be a perfect time for you to uh, you know, pay attention to the screen. If you're listening to us, <laughs> I'll do my best to if you're watching on YouTube. This is a good time to be watching on YouTube. Well, to actually be watching. A lot of people just, you know, if they have YouTube premium, they'll just lock the phone and put us on in the background. Uh, but this comes from Dobber's frozen tools. I got to change the background. I haven't done uh, this in a Dauber. while. I love Dauber. And this was actually a, a, a one listener of ours turned me on to both of these uh, tools that I'm about to show you guys because it really showcases just how good or how how re- much responsibility Wolman and Cider have been given. So this only compares Cider and Wolman to the rest of the Red Wings defensemen. So I'm trying to zoom in for you guys. That's why I'm pausing while I talk. There, there we go. go. So you guys can see it a little bit better here. So what this is, the y-axis is the quality of competition, competition, Corsi 4 percentage, while the x-axis is offensive deployment, offensive zone starts percentage. You can see Mort Sider and Jake Wallman are in the top left corner on this defensive core. They get, that means if they're on the top of the y-axis, that means they're getting the most, most of the quality competition matchups. So they're playing the toughest opponents on the team. They are also getting the least amount of offensive zone deployments. And you can see that here. Mort Sider is behind the 40% marker. And Jake Wallman, who's, I don't know, a really good offensive defenseman, is behind the 38%. So Wallman's getting a 38% share, and Sider's getting less than a 40% share of offensive zone deployments, and they're getting the toughest matchups. So you're... Best defensive pair is almost solely getting deployed against your, the other team's top lines and in the defensive zone. So, yeah, it makes sense that you're going to see them make a lot more boneheaded moves than you're going to see guys like Ben Chirot and Jeff Petrie, who are more towards more the middle of the chart than you're going to see anyone else make because they're in the positions the most against the toughest opponents. So, as well as if you look at the shade of their circles, right? Cider is blue. Jake Wallman's a little on the orange. If you're blue, that means you are a you're you're a relative positive to your teammates. So despite this quality of competition and the zone deployments that Moritz Cider is seeing, he is still providing more on the ice for his teammates than when he when this team is when he is off the ice. He is providing more shot attempts for than shot attempts against, despite this tough matchup relative to his teammates. And that big the bigger the circle is means the more time on ice 
you're playing. You can see on the opposite side of this, Shane Gossespierre, Olimata, getting over 50% offensive zone deployments and playing against ne- like the worst competition the other t- opponents have to offer. So when you're seeing Wallman and Sider make these mistakes for the Red Wings, you have to understand the type of positions that they're solely, like look how far into that top left quadrant that this pair is. They are solely getting the toughest matchups and solely um, getting defensive zone deployments. It's 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 infuriating. Yeah, I, I think the, I mean, looking, you know, you talked about the where everybody is relative on the x-axis i think everything on the y and just the the quality of competition is is just as fascinating right i mean cider is is almost almost at 0.8 right like he is so significantly head and shoulders above any anybody else right like wallman's the next closest obviously and he's still under 0.6 like you're you're still talking about a a pretty big gap there obviously petrie and sherrod are next to each other because they're pretty much on the ice at the same time throughout the whole season. Um, I, I also thought that for, and I know that this conversation is about Mo and Wallman, but I think the ghost deployment is, is pretty fascinating here, right? Like this is the, the reason why they're, they're related in my head is like, we are trying to highlight here that uh, th- that pair, the cider and Wallman pair and what the team could do differently to put them in better situations to succeed. Whereas ghost is getting like on a platter, exactly what he needs to succeed. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he's getting, he he is going up against the like pretty comfortably. I mean, the only person lower than him in quality of competition on the entire team is Olimata and Olimata gets like scratched sometimes. So like he's he he's pretty comfortably the lowest of the regulars and then on top of that he is he gets the most offensive zone starts or shifts on the entire blue line uh again like pretty comfortably like no one else is really close to him he's at about 54 no one else is above 52 and only three people are above 50 so like it, it's it's just they the 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 <laughs> The, the strategy has the ability to put people in situations to succeed um, and and put, you know, goes to and it's, you know, some of this is apples to oranges, right? Like Cider and Woolman are your best defensive pair. I get you can't just only put you can't have them be on the 54 percent for offensive zone deployment like you have to have your your top pair be your top pair. But um, a little bit of wiggle room. The, there the fact be, that they're both nice. sub. The fact that they're both sub 40% is abysmal, in my opinion. Like yeah, you have got to, it, that's wild. Th- I feel like you're playing the game to lose if you're putting Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman, who have a, a strong offensive zone upside, almost at 60% of their starts in the defensive zone. Like You have got to, especially when you're down, you have got to give them offensive zone. Over 60. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. We, we're way overdue for a break, we'll, so we're going to take a quick one. When we come oh back. Oh gosh, we haven't taken a break yet. I want to compare this, their pair, to the rest of the league. So it gets even better when you look at the rest of the league. So stay tuned to that Unlocked on Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about AG1. This next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You got to drink AG1 every day because 
It is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrition to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced superfoods. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and free five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Segment two, a very late segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And I, I kept this as our display because we are going to quickly transition. Now we're going to puck IQ. Uh, and I'm going to show you the quality of competition that the Red Wings or that more Sider and Jake Wallman get compared to the rest of the defensemen in the NHL. And uh, you, if you're on social media, you probably saw this the other day, and it was pretty shocking to say the least. So what you're going to see here, to just give you a quick breakdown of what you're looking at. So the y-axis here is the time on ice percentage elite minus the time on ice percentage grit. And grit is puck IQ's nice way of saying the fourth liners <laughs> in the NHL. Uh, and then the x-axis is the dangerous Fenwick uh, percentage. That's essentially from what I understood looking it up is expected goals for, but not counting unblocked shots. It's, it's the expected goals for a Fenwick. So a, being above 50 means that you're out there for more dangerous shot attempts for than dangerous shot attempts against. This is every defenseman in the NHL, Scotty, this season with 300 can you zoom in even more. I can zoom in even more with 300 minutes or more of ice time. And you can see here that Jake Wallman and Mort Sider, of course, even compared with the rest of the league, not even taking into account their own team, or I guess this does take into account their own team, but not just their own team. They are a what? So Eric Cernak here, the Tampa Bay Lightning's at 25%. Jake Wallman's at 33, while Mort Sider's above 35. Mort Sider is getting 35% deployment against elite talent this season, which is 10% more than the next best non-Red Wing. It is insane the level of deployment and the usage that this defensive pairing is receiving. Yeah, this visual is just, like, absurd, right? Like, this is, this is if you're a visual learner, <laughs> this, is, this is, like, really all you need to see to grasp this situation, man. Like, th this is... No one else is even close to the two of them. They are literally on an island. There's not even one person that is kind of separate from the pack of the rest of the NHL in this big blob in the center that that you can be like, oh, look, like so-and-so is kind of close to them. Like it is genuinely this pair. And then what is that? Almost 10 percent yeah. difference 35 yeah and then 25 and under is the rest of the league they're at both at around 35 and up like it's it's wild man that, so, that is a that is a ridiculous visual and, and that's this is the point right like in other nhl teams their team's best defensemen while going up against the elite talent the most also get shifts in the offensive zone they also get shifts against lesser competition to try and take advantage and score goals, and Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman aren't getting that. They're solely getting deployed in non-favorable situations. And yes, that doesn't mean that they don't bear part of the responsibility of the struggles this team is having right now. 
they are making mistakes. Yes. But you have got to take in the full scope of the picture when, you un- when you're trying to make a claim that Wallman and Sider have regressed. They're not getting done any favors by the, the coaching staff, by the deployment, by their usage. And I am begging, like I said at the end of yesterday's episode, Scotty, I am begging Derek Lalone to find some type of way to give them more favorable deployments in games to give yourself a chance in those games. I mean, the other side of this too is right, Scotty. Like, okay, you give them less of the elite. You you even out that share, right? Because that's what this graph is showing is the share of elite versus grit. You want to be somewhere in the middle because that means you're getting more distributed deployments. But if Moritz Sider and Jake Woman fall in this graph, that means that Ben Sherrod and Jeff Petrie, who have actually been taking quite a bit of quality competition this year, yeah. get more. Or that means Justin Hole or Oli Mata or Shane Gossesbear, who you pointed out in the last segment, Shane Gossesbear has been getting the perfect type of deployment. Not a lot of minute, bottom six, offensive zone only, and he's thrived in that role. That means guys like that are going to be getting tougher minutes in the defensive zone, and that could be disastrous for the Red Wings because, as we've seen, this team doesn't play good defense to begin with. So it's really like a pick your poison type situation with this team. Like Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman don't deserve to have this rough of a deployment there. And they're also too good to solely be getting defensive zone deployments. But also if you start taking those minutes away from them, you start giving them to other defensemen on this team. And this is where the problem is, is while the defense, the defensemen are better on paper this year, the the team's scheme as a whole isn't working and they're looking towards Sider and Wallman as a crutch to try and even things out for a scheme that just isn't working right now. How do you fix it? I don't know, but all I know is Sider and Wallman need to get a little bit easier deployments or I'm going to not even easier. That makes it sound like I want to give them an excuse. I want to see them with more offensive zone deployments is what I want to say to give this team a chance to put pucks in the back of the net and keep these games close. Yeah, man, absolutely. And we, again, I mean, this is a conversation, you know, we're, we're back to square one with the conversation uh, about how much of this falls on coaching and whatnot that we had yesterday. So, yeah. And I mean, people are going to see this and see that they're so heavily on the, you know, below 50%, 46% for cider and 44% for woman and the dangerous Fenwick uh, across the season. But the entire team is like this team at five on five has been rough all year long. And so it does not surprise me that any Red Wings defenseman would be on the left side of this graph yeah. uh, currently. So I don't know. I just, I just wanted to set the record straight. You know, I just wanted to be like, guys, the, yeah, they're making mistakes, but they are definitely not the problem. They are, they are being put time and time again in losing situations. Yeah, and they make the most out of it. Honestly, again, sixty-five expected goals for percentage and fifty-five expected goals for percentage for Wolman in yesterday's game against the Minnesota Wild. Like, despite that, they're still making the most of it. Word. All right, I think I think I got the I think I got it out. <laughs> uh, we'll take another quick break here, and then we'll head on to our Red Wings New Year's resolutions. Want to do that? Maybe sure. Do you think we have time? I'm well, <laughs> it's now or never. I think we can be real quick about it. I don't have to. I mean, okay. I, I already said basically one of mine. All right. Sure. Uh, segment three, Lockdown Red Wings coming up. Got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. It's almost ha- the halfway point of the NHL season. And regardless of where the Red Wings are in the standings, I want you to remind you that the that you could win. Holy cow. I want you, want to remind you that you could win 
big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, McKinnon, Luke Hughes, Quinn Hughes, whichever one you want, will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to quickly, correctly predict, rather, the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to 100 times match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, lockdown Red Wings uh, podcast, Scotty um, new year's resolutions real quick before we end the episode. I kind of already said mine on uh, before I just reiterate that. Go ahead and give your new year's resolution, buddy. Are, are you just gonna do the, the hope that uh cider and Walman are deployed in the offensive zone more uh well i don't want to get spoilers you know i mean gotta, you might as well make, just do it no gotta point. make as well just roll with it yeah i mean that is my new year's resolution i actually had written down a few other ones but like after the game the other night i was like yeah this has got to be it because it's it's egregious and i gave my whole spiel but they my new year's resolution for the detroit red wings this see this new year is to put Walman and cider in the offensive zone a little bit more Nice. Respect. Uh, mine is, I, I don't know if this even really counts as a resolution is more of just like, uh, like cross your fingers and hope that it happens. Um, but I, I think that something that we've talked about uh, well, that I love bringing up in that I think this team has, has really lacked in the last, and, and I'm not trying to make this a bigger deal than it is at, at all. But over the last week, week and a half, like when this kind of rut has been going on, there have been so many offensive zone faceoffs that the Wings lose that uh, I am just looking for any way, shape, and form to be more effective in the faceoff circle. And whether that's uh, one of these kids coming up in the middle of the season and, and maybe they're better in there. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it's some sort of trade deadline acquisition, but I mean, at this point we need to make sure that we're even going to be buyers at the deadline. You know what I mean? Like there's, there, there's a few different ways to attack it. And I don't know if I have like the exact way to improve on it, but, um, it's, it's just, it really bothers me a lot. Like it, it, that is that, it, and especially when you're on the power play, like, there you go. Boom. That's, you know, 20 seconds shaved off the power play because you couldn't win a face off. Like, and it's uh, it, it's it's something that over the last several seasons has been a big issue. Uh, I know that I love bringing it up all the time. It's like my my favorite stat in the world. But I I just and they're not like thirty second in the league anymore, right? Like they've they've improved from where they were uh, a few years ago when it was just they didn't win a single face off ever. But uh, <laughs> I still think like in in big moments when you're like, oh okay, like we're starting in the offensive zone, or we really need you know a, a faceoff win here, they lose it every single time, and it just really bothers me. So I think any way to try to improve that, um, I don't lineup shake up. I think you kind of know what you have at the NHL level, but um, there's other ways to to kind of improve upon that too. Yeah, I mean my 
my uh, what I was going to end up saying before this Jake Wallman more cider thing, you know, reached a boiling point with me. I was going to say stop being conser- so conservative when you get, get a lead because yeah. this league, especially this year, is not a league where you can just sit on, you know, a three to nothing lead, a three to one lead. Like this team has got to remain assertive and aggressive. Uh, so especially with this team, like this team is not built to be able to sustain conservative hockey. They're not that good defensively. They struggle in that. So they've got to, uh, continue to be aggressive when they have a lead. And that was what my new year's resolution was going to be. So that was my backup. Uh, but there you have it. Right. Did you have any other ones that (laughs) your honorable mentions? really easy. Like it's very easy to just point at all the stuff we've been complaining about for the last week. Right. And like the resolution right. has to be something that they can actually effectively change. Right. Like right. Can't something they, they can get healthy. Like, like I can just be just... like, hey, be better in that. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, play better defense. You know, like I, don't blow so many leads. I guess that's kind of like the what, what you just alluded to there. But um, but yeah, I uh, I I think, again, I, I like yours. I think the conversation we had today kind of highlights that pretty well. Mm hmm. All right. Well, we got to the time of the episode where we preview the Nashville Predators. They're coming into town. It's a game, a home game. Kind of surprising, right? Like you fly to Minnesota, Central Division game. You think you would just go to Nashville next because that's also a Central Division team. But nope, they're coming to Little Caesars Arena. The first of two matchups between these two teams. And uh, the Nashville Predators are playing pretty good hockey. They're 19-16-0. and um, They're fourth in the Central Division. This is a team that, you know, I am honestly kind of surprised that they're playing this well. I mean, I thought they'd play they they would be coming down off of uh, their their window, their Stanley Cup window that they didn't accomplish, but they're playing pretty good right now. Phil Forsberg's got 38 points in 35 games. Ryan O'Reilly, a free agent acquisition, 29 points in 35 games. Roman Yossi, 28 and 35. And then how about Gustav Lindstrom? Fourth on the team yeah, in man. points, 23 points in 35 games. You love seeing that. And of course, uh, they have UC Soros. He would, he had a rough start to the season. He, right. for a guy who's a constant Vesna caliber goaltender, uh, he had a rough start, but he's back up to league average now, a little above league average, 905 save percentage. So, you know, when it comes to how you win this game, it's, you know, apply what you did in practice on Thursday and actually play a good hockey game. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, it, it's less about the Nashville Predators and more about the Red Wings at this point. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, it's it's really wild just seeing all of the team stats for the Red Wings just slowly slide and slide and slide. Um, they're still fifth in, in goals for a game. They're still really high up there. But everything else, man, they have slipped into the teens, into the 20s even, you know, like even – you start talking about goals against average, you're, start, you're knocking on the door of bottom five in the NHL at this point, given the last couple of weeks. So they, they've just absolutely plummeted, as we are all aware, in uh, in a lot of these team stats, except for they're still scoring goals at a little bit of a decent clip. So um, and then, yeah, like Nashville has uh, that's kind of a, a tale of two teams a little bit there, too. They got off to a, a slower start and were just uh, uh swiss cheese kind of defense early on in the season and uh, have really turned that ship around very very well so uh yeah man i mean at home the wings are probably going to be the slight favorites here it looks like but nashville is going to be right there um yeah i i i don't i don't disagree with anything you said i i think that this is uh this is much more about 
the Detroit Red Wings. This is much more about which Red Wings team is going to show up for 60 minutes. Uh, if a Red Wings team does show up for 60 minutes and a lot less to do with uh, with the Preds. Yeah, and uh, this is breaking news for us as we record by the time people hear this at midnight when it first premieres, they're going to know this. Uh, but Max Boltman t- just tweeted that Lion is in net tomorrow. So Alex Lyon is back, which is a huge plus for a struggling net. Uh, again, not that you know he's going to be the fix, but he's definitely an improvement over what we had been ta- <laughs> trotting out there. Had. Anyways, Scotty, you any final thoughts, buddy? Uh, we ball, man. We ball. We back with a new episode on Monday to recap the game against the. Will we? Monday's New Year's Day. Are we recording New Year's Eve? If it's early, right? It's early enough. You think we could? Well, we'll figure it out. I have no clue. We'll, we're we're either going to give you an episode on Monday or Tuesday, so stay tuned. It's 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 real fun. It's going to be a, a nice little surprise or not. Who knows? Uh, so stay tuned to whenever that is. God. This, this is great. No, disaster, you're really crushing this. Disastrous ending. Uh, anyways, bye. Bye.